Um, you guys are in such a special time in your lives because I know this, that all of you guys are getting ready to do something that God's put something in your heart to do with your life. And whether it's uh, full-time ministry, whether it is going into uh, being a nurse or a teacher or wherever it may be, I know that uh, the most important thing is your relationship with Jesus. And no matter what you go do, keep that front and center. And I promise you, you'll be successful going forward. And so I love student ministry. I love that I get a chance here tonight. Usually I'm teaching um, and talking to old farts. So this is awesome. You guys rock. I love to be here with you guys. Um, But I wanted to ask you a question. Have you ever been around someone that kind of made you feel small or kind of made you feel like a nobody? I mean, and, and maybe just to kind of give a um, little bit more detail on this, maybe they didn't say anything, but it was more of just their attitude. I had that um, situation happen a few years back. I was at a, a conference, and I got to meet one of my favorite speakers. And I was just, I was thrilled. I was thrilled that I got to meet this person, and I remember um, my friend introduced me to this person, and I remember shaking their hands, and I said, uh, so good to meet you. My name's Josh, and, and they asked, um, where are you from? And I started to share where I was from, and I started to share my heart, and, and all this. I don't even remember what I was sharing, but I just remember this was my moment to talk to him. And he quickly just, we had eye contact for a minute, and then he quickly looked beyond me. And when I, when I took a pause, he used that moment to be like, it was nice to meet you, and then he moved on. I was just, like, devastated. I was like, honestly, I lost so much respect for him. And I get that he was busy. I get that he had so much stuff to do. But this was my moment that I got to meet him. And it made me feel like I didn't matter. Maybe to him I didn't matter. But I don't like that, that feeling. I don't know if you've ever felt that before. But the opposite is also pretty amazing, though. When someone takes the time to listen to you or takes the time to get to know you, I don't know about you, but that's like life-giving. We have some incredible people in our district, and um, there's some leaders that I've gotten to come across. And one of the things that I value and I've learned so much from them is how it doesn't matter who the person is, when I'm around them, they make everybody that they're talking to matter. And tonight, I just want to share with you something that kind of God laid on my heart. And I know that you guys are walking through these parables and these stories. And there's one that kind of just hits home for us tonight that I want to go to. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. And you can open up your phones if you're going to take notes or if you're going to use the Bible on your phone. Um, So I give you permission. But I echo what uh, Pastor Jeremy says because I believe that tonight God wants to speak something to you. But um, tonight, my question to you is, do you care? Do you care? In Luke chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 25. And we're gonna, the story starts with this conversation that Jesus has. It says, on one occasion, an ex- expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, 
and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But catch this, verse 29. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said this story. It goes like this. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. There's another translation put it this way. He was deeply moved with compassion. He went to him. He bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Who here has ever heard this story before, the Good Samaritan? All right, most of you. I figured that. It's a very popular um, parable, and I've heard, I'm sure you've heard messages spoken on this. But I just bear with me. And just uh, go with me in this story because I believe that there may be some new things that God wants to just reveal to us tonight. But I think it's important anytime you read God's word, and I love the, the, the vision the, that you guys have this year, the mission that you guys have, that one of the things is beating God's word. God's word has to be a foundation. It has to be a staple, a thing that you do each and every day. And when you read God's word, it's important to know the context. Everybody say context. So the context here is Jesus is talking to some religious people, some people that know the Bible. These people not just know the Bible, but they have it memorized. They know the first several books of the Bible all by heart. They know it backwards and forwards. They can repeat it. They they, They live it. And so Jesus is having this conversation with these people. And, and, um, but these people, as Jesus is teaching, you would think these people that are coming to hear Jesus are, are learning, right? I mean, when you're in school, you're supposed to learn. I get that not all the time you're learning. But as a student, you're called to learn. Well, these religious leaders, they weren't coming to hear Jesus to learn. They were coming because they were trying to find stuff to... Um, um, put against Jesus. They were trying to uh, find some errors about Jesus because they didn't like him. They, didn't, they just didn't, it, they, he was messing up their groove. And so Jesus was asked this question. And this question is, how do I get eternal life? And so Jesus re- asked the man, this religious leader, another question. Well, what do you say is the greatest um, commandment? And all the person says, well, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, yep, you got that. You're right. Go ahead. But I, lo- I-, I love that here in this passage in Luke, he points out that it didn't just stop there. 
But the guy said, because he has pride in his heart, he wants to justify himself. He wants to kind of look good to his friends. He wants to show off and, and say that I, I'm arrived. I'm, I'm there. He wants to justify himself. He asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? And that's where Jesus, instead of just answering him, who's his neighbor, he shares the story. And I love how that Jesus shares the story and it makes it very clear to us tonight. You know, this leader... These people, they were there to try to find things against Jesus. But Jesus was there to show them the real way. You know, Jesus, uh, these people, these religious leaders were offended by Jesus' teachings. But the reality was Jesus was offended by their actions. And tonight I believe through this we can learn several different things. And so the story goes that the first guy, there's a man that was beaten up, left, left half dead on the side of the road, and then there's three guys that come to come by. The first guy is a priest. Again, context, or we say context. The context in the story, this priest, he represents this religious leader and many of them that are in, in the audience. And so this religious leader where this priest goes by and he sees this man and when he sees him, he doesn't just go up there and check things out. No, he makes, his, he makes sure to go on the opposite side of the road and get away. Why? Why is this priest doing this? Well, we know in the story it says that he was on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's a priest, so that means he's going from one synagogue to another or from one church to another. This priest is, is on a mission. And as a priest, he has some rituals that he can't do. And one of those things is when there's a person that is bloody and that is dirty and un, they're unclean. And for a priest and a religious leader, they're not supposed to be associate with people. They literally had places in the city that were just for the unclean. And so when he's on this road, he's got a schedule to hit. And so this priest, knowing that he's got important things to go do, also looking at this guy and being like, I can't be around him, says, it's more important for me to go do what I'm supposed to be doing than to take care of this guy. Because if I go take care of this guy, it's going to mess up all my plans. I won't be able to go to the synagogue and, and teach and be a part of whatever is going on there because I will be unclean myself. So for him, it was too inconvenient, so he passes by. The next guy is a Levite. A Levite would be like a temple assistant. It would be another, he would basically represent all the other Jews that are listening to Jesus teach. And he too did the same exact thing. It was more inconvenient for him to get his hands dirty. Again, as a Jew, he wasn't called to be around unclean people as well. And so his job, his, his mission, whatever he was going to do was more important. And so he, again, goes out of his way to go around and say, that's not my responsibility. I'm going to move on. But then there's the third guy. And that's the guy that we're going to land on here for tonight, the Samaritan. We're going to call him Sammy for tonight, Sammy the Samaritan. Sammy here, I got a boy named Sam, so that's just a name that I, I'm uh, good with. So Sammy here 
He sees the person and he does something about it. And here's the thing tonight, guys. Um, What's crazy about this story is that Jesus would use a Samaritan to be the hero in the story. Again, the context of what, we're, what Jesus is doing, he's talking to religious leaders. Samaritans, just to give you guys an idea, they didn't like the Jews. Jews and Samaritans, they clashed. They butted heads. They, they weren't allowed to associate with each other. Jews, they just, they, they were enemies. And so Jesus intentionally uses the Samaritan to be the hero in this story And for the listeners, for the Jews, for the religious leaders, it would have been offensive. Crazy offensive. Let's put it in Kansas City terms. I know you guys are Mahomes in here. You love Mahomes. And rightfully so. I mean, he's an incredible quarterback. And imagine if the Chiefs, you you wake up tomorrow morning to find out that the Chiefs are like, you know what, we're going to move on from Patrick Mahomes and because we think there's something better out there and he, you know, he's not as that, he's not that great. And we're going to just um, let him go. And not, we're just not going to just let him go, but we're going to give him to the Raiders for free, for free. Now, there would be riots in the street tomorrow. I, I would fear for the lives of all the coaches and the ownership of the Chiefs because there is a following for Mahomes around here like I've never seen before. Now, we won't even go to where my team is because Johnny has just, uh, where, where's Johnny? There's Johnny back there. I don't know. We need to, he's, uh, he needs Jesus. Yes, he does. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, but that's how offensive it would have been. To that, to that stint, that Jesus would use the Samaritan to be the hero. And so tonight, I just want to share quickly, real quick, a couple things that we can learn through this story that I believe that God wants to speak to our heart here tonight. And so I want everyone to do this. Take your your hand and place it over your heart. Because I believe tonight, if we openly will invite the Holy Spirit to come in and say, God, you can have whatever. I've heard this story countless times, but tonight, God, if there's anything in my heart that's not right, there's anything that's, that needs to, that I need a heart check here tonight, God, have your way. Can we honestly do that here tonight? Lord, I pray right now as our hands are over our hearts, I pray that here tonight, over every person in this room, both student and leaders, including myself, God, we need you. God, I pray that you would have your way. God, may you have an open door to our heart. And God, may you speak to it. If there's anything, Lord God, that's separating us from all that you want us to be, God, may we just give that back to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So here's the truth. Tonight, I want to share with you just a couple things that I believe God wants to speak um, through this Samaritan story and with this good Samaritan. Because here's the difference about the good Samaritan. He He's the, good, he's the hero in the story. And do we really care is the question of tonight. When we, when we look at our neighbor, when we look at our classmate, when we look at our family members and the person that, we, that is sitting next to us, do we really care? 
And the Samaritan, one of the things that I learned about the Samaritan is that he took notice. He took notice. You know, the, the other two people that are in this story, the religious leaders that walked by, they saw a need, but it was too much for them to meet, and it was too inconvenient for them, and so they moved on. But for the Samaritan, he didn't look at how it inconvenienced himself, but he noticed the man's need of help. And I think in this day and age, and I find myself in this every single day, this battle, we are in a me-centered culture. We are consuming everything. We're in a consumer mindset. What's good for you? What do you want to eat? What do you want to watch? What do you want to wear? What, what, what is it about you? What do you want? And everything that we are, we get to this place of what do, what do I want? And the reality is God and his amazingness at saving and changing our life is trying to change our thinking, changing our DNA to think about not about me and what I want, but what is best for him and what's best for others. And for this Samaritan person, he doesn't have an attitude of me. He's not in this me bubble, but he sees someone that's in need and, and immediately is taken back with compassion. I think one of the a great rule to live by is are we waking up each day and asking God to open our eyes to what God wants or are we too concerned about me and what I want in my day? What is, when you daily wake up, because I believe this is a daily choice that we have to make. You know, as I was preparing for tonight, everything that I was, I was walking through this message, God was speaking right here to my life. Because I get so concerned with my agenda, with what I want, what I think should happen, those decisions that are going on, I didn't play a part in that. It's all about me, me, me. Where God is saying, no, step back. Take notice of what's going on. There's a bigger picture here. The second thing that I see about the Samaritan was he didn't just notice this guy, but it caused him to be moved with deep compassion. Sammy here was moved with compassion over this guy that was helpless. He couldn't fend for himself. He was left half dead. But for him, it triggered something in his heart that he had to move with compassion. See, God desires for you and I to be moved with compassion for others. And the reality is, for me, sometimes I see needs. I see people that make poor choices. And I think to myself, well, they did that to themselves. I'm not going to, if I go to help them, I'm just going to enable them to keep going the way, the path that they're down. And it's so easy for me to be critical of others. It's so easy for me to judge other people in their situation. When God's not calling me to be critical, he's calling me to be compassionate. And that's the hard part. Because again, we're in a, a, a culture that is all about getting ahead, being about me. But God's saying, no, I want you to surrender you and get to a place where you see others and care. 
mean, literally, this, this Samaritan's not this superhero. He's just a guy that's saying, okay, this guy needs help. I can do that. Every single person in this room, we can be that. But there is an enemy to our souls that's trying to get us not to do that. My question is, what's the state of our heart condition right now? Do we find ourselves when we're in class, maybe in youth group or even just in public, do we find ourselves being more critical of others around us or do we find ourselves having a heart of compassion for those people around us? Because that will really be a true testament to where your heart condition is. And God wants us to have compassionate hearts as his people. The third thing that I see the Samaritan do is that he saw a need. He was drawn with compassion, but he didn't just stop there. He got invested in that situation. We've got to get invested in that situation. Genuine compassion always moves us to action. We, it's not a, enough to just think about, oh, man, we should do that, or I should go do that, or I should go help that person, or I should go befriend that person. We are called to do something, to put action to their steps. Samaritan didn't just notice the guy or feel bad for him. He did something about it. He cleaned his wounds. He got his hands messy. He wrapped them up in clean bandages. He acted upon what he knew he should do. And I believe maybe even right now as, as, as I'm talking, there's people or maybe there's situations that come, are coming to your mind right now that the, that the Lord's putting in you that you know deep down, hey, I need to step out and reach out to that person. Or there's that situation that I need to step out and, and be a part of the solution. One of the things that I love uh, that we get to do, and, and you guys did this already here tonight, is missions. I love Speed the Light. I love that we get to, as student body all over this nation, we get to equip our missionaries with vehicles, transportation. It can be boats. It can be motorcycles. It can be buses. It can be trucks. It can be all, all kinds of different stuff. But people all over the world that need to know Jesus, we get to help equip them and make that possible. Here's where it gets really cool. Because there's going to be a day where all of us are going to be in heaven with Jesus. And we're going to have people come up to us. And they're going to say, hey, thank you so much for telling Jesus to me. And I'm going to have to scratch my head and look at them and be like, when did I ever tell you about Jesus? And they're going to be like, because you gave to speed the light. Because you got that missionary, a vehicle that, I, that could come to my village or come to my island or come to wherever I was, they shared Jesus with me and you were a part of that story. See, raising vehicles is much more than just getting them a vehicle. You are a part of the story ascending. We can't be everywhere. But that's what's awesome about missions. That's what's awesome about being a part of a network of other churches that's saying, hey, we're going to do something. We're going to make an impact eternally in this world. Speed to Light is making that difference. I heard about your guys' youth group last year and, and all that you did for Speed to Light. It's incredible. It blew me away what you guys raised for Speed to Light. And you know what? It's very easy to be like, man. Look what we did. We can celebrate. We need to celebrate when God does stuff, but we can't stop. 
And that's the thing about this story that teaches me. This Samaritan just didn't stop at bandaging his, his, his wounds. He, he didn't just wrap them up and be like, all right, I'm going to go for help, and I'm going to go find the nearest uh, hospital, and I'm going to send them back to you. You good? No, he's half dead. Of course not. But he was invested. And so he continued the investment in this man's life. Students, don't just stop at doing one thing that God's put on your heart for missions. This is a journey of a lifetime. Me and my family, it's, it's an honor and a privilege every year to be like, all right, God, what do you want to do this year? What can we do? How can we support missionaries? How can we do speed of light? How can we do all these different things for you? Keep that going. It's a lifestyle. And so for this Samaritan, he didn't just stop at bandaging all this stuff up on this guy. He put him on his donkey. He took him to the nearest inn. He took care of him more there. And then when it was time that he had to go, he paid the, the hotel what he was due and then some. So he got physically involved with this guy. He sacrificially got involved. Financially, he got involved. And then, if that was enough, he told the innkeeper, hey, I'm going to be back through here in a few days. Whatever more expenses happen, I'm going to take care of that. This guy didn't know him. This Samaritan didn't know this guy. But something was going on inside. Jesus was teaching us a principle that he's trying to get us to understand here tonight. That God wants us to be men and women that care. That we would have compassion. That you would allow the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself, to plant something new and fresh in your heart here tonight. Because I can promise you, in your best self, you can only do so much. In my best me, I can help someone out. I can, I can meet someone's need. But I need Jesus to change what's going on in the inside. Case in point today, I, you can't make this stuff up. We had a guy in the church. He's one of those guys that just constantly makes poor choices. He was getting evicted from his house. And a few of the guys in our church were going to help him move. This is the fifth time that we've done this in the last five years. They come to my office and said, hey, Pastor Josh, we're going to help this guy move you in. We're going to be a good Samaritan. And I'm literally going over my notes of talking about a good Samaritan. Like, well, of course I am. I uh, can't say no to this. But I didn't go with the right heart. I was, I was honestly a little bit annoyed. I was a little bit annoyed because, like, I don't have time for this. I got all this stuff I got to do. I got to pick up my kids here in a few hours. This guy has constantly making poor and poor choices. And we're, and I just, I was going there. And immediately the Holy Spirit freaked my heart. He's like, what are you teaching tonight? What are you speaking on? And I remember just in that moment, as we were in the car with a bunch of dudes, I remember just closing my eyes. I said, Lord, I'm not going with the right heart. God, replace my heart of frustration in me with your heart of compassion and love. And that's the difference, students. Standing on God's word is literally not doing what we want, what we feel, 
but it's literally taking what the word of God says and saying, God, I can't do this. My, I feel this, but your word tells me this. And so I'm going to stand on what your word says. So help me, Jesus, to live out my compa- a heart of love and compassionate for him. The Samaritan, he saw the need. He was compassionate for this person. He did something about it. And then he did it all the way through, so the need was completely done, and he was released from that. But then the last point here tonight, the Samaritan was selfless. And when I think about this story that Jesus is talking about, who is the Samaritan in the story? The obvious answer is, well, we are supposed to be the Samaritan. Of course. But when I read this story, and worship team, you can come back. You can come up at this time. But when I read this story, I think more and more that it's Jesus. He was the first Samaritan. I mean, think about Jesus. He comes from the heavenly of heavenlies. Perfect in all scenario. He's, he's got everything. He's God looking down on us. But he takes the form of a human being. He endures the suffering. He endures all the backbiting. All the people that see him as evil. All these people that he's created, that he loves. And at the end of the day, what does Jesus do? He gives his life for you. The Bible says when we were at our worst, God gave us his best. Not when you got your act together, but when you were at your worst, God gave his best to you. Students, you got to really understand this. Because this is the God that we serve. The God that unconditionally, selflessly gave everything for you and me. He modeled it. He lived it. He is that. Jesus was selfless. He humbled himself, took on the weight of the sins of the world for you. Jesus loves all people. He loves every single person. Why? Because God says that every person that he makes is no accident, but is his masterpiece. You are the best work of art that God's ever created. He doesn't make mistakes. It doesn't matter how we were born, how we were conceived. It doesn't matter what we've done. He loves you. That's incredible. Amazing. And he proves his love by selflessly giving everything for you. After the story concludes, he goes back and he asks the, asks the guy to ask the question, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And at this point, this guy, this expert in the law, wasn't moved with compassion, but anger and frustration and basically had his, his, um, his heart kind of, taken to the cleaners. And he says this, well, it's obvious, the one who had mercy on him. 
And Jesus said, go and do likewise. He couldn't even say the Samaritan. That's how much pride and how much anger and frustration that was in this man's heart. He couldn't even admit it was the Samaritan. But what does Jesus do? To all those that were listening, he says, go and be the Samaritan to your world, to your families, to every person, showing that it doesn't matter what people have done, who they are, we're called to show compassion. Our world, your schools, your families, your friends, our city needs followers of Jesus who are moved with compassion. This world needs to see people who look like Jesus and see beyond skin color, cultural differences, beyond how people look or even smell, because there's some smelly people in our classes. I get it. Whether they are well off or not, if they're popular or important or a nobody, people who don't retaliate, who don't respond evil with evil, who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, respond to people and circumstances with God's love and his transformation. Just like I said earlier, you and I can't do this, but God can through you. And God wants to use you here this week, maybe even tonight, to be an extension of him. But do you care? Can I get everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes I share this with whoever I'm, I'm, sh- I'm speaking to whenever I'm given the opportunity. But this is the most important time in our service here tonight. Because it's an opportunity that God's spoken. And how will you respond? See, tonight we are the Samaritans in this story. Just like Jesus that went on before us. God's calling us to have relationships the way that he intended us long ago. But we have to decide tonight if we will put ourselves aside and take notice of others. We have to decide tonight, will we be moved with compassion for people? We have to decide tonight, are we going to be invested no matter what comes our way? Are we going to decide tonight that we can, we're going to live selflessly? Because we know that what, when following Jesus, what matters most is him and the people he's created. Tonight, as heads bowed and eyes are closed, I always want to give an opportunity. As I was sharing here tonight, God loves you. And if there's anybody in this room that has never experienced God's love, tonight is the best night to ever make that happen. You don't have to change anything. You just have to come as you are and say, God, I need you. And if there's anybody here tonight and say, Pastor Josh, I, I need Jesus in my life. If you're here tonight, I would just love to pray for you. And if that's you, if you would just slip up a hand, I want to pray for you tonight. If you're saying, hey, I, I need Jesus here tonight. Anybody in here tonight? Second thing I wanted here to do tonight is this. I believe just as God has been messing me up this week and challenging me to look beyond myself and care about what God cares about, I believe that maybe there's some in this room 
that God needs to give you maybe a new heart. Maybe there's things, maybe it's pride. Maybe it's just selfishness. Maybe it's all, whatever it may be. Maybe it's just someone's offended you. But maybe there's some things in your heart that you need to get right with Jesus here tonight. Daily, we must commit to the Lord and surrender to him. Tonight, will you allow the Lord to do some heart surgery on you? I've asked um, Kristen and Alex to come up. They're just going to play. And here's how I want us to close here tonight. If everyone would just stand. If God is doing anything in your life here tonight, and you just feel like, you know what, I need to respond to this. Maybe there's some things, there's some issues. Maybe there's some people that you know right now in your mind that you need to have conversations with. Or maybe it's just, I'm so focused on me that I haven't given God first and priority in my life. Wherever you're at here tonight, will you just take some time here tonight and find a place? We have plenty of room in in this room that you can just have a spot. And you and God just do business. So as I pray, I just want you to just find a place. Maybe you and God are doing great. That's awesome. Take this time and just spend it with him. Maybe take some time and just pray for the person next to you. But let's not leave here the same. Let's let God do something in us. So Jesus, right now, as we are getting ready just to do business with you here tonight, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would have your way in my life. God, I know that each and every day I face me. I face, Lord, wanting to please what I want. And I pray for these students, these leaders here in this room here tonight. God, I pray that there is history makers, there is world changers, and it starts by just being obedient and humbly, Lord, coming to you, caring about what you care about. I pray for students in this room, Lord, for a boldness. God, for a boldness to stand for you, to serve, to look for needs around them, to, make, to be difference makers. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the example that you set. Help us, Lord, here tonight to follow you.